0: So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Common Sea Inspirations. Being produced here in our Common see Studio here in Arda, and this the first Sunday in Lent. It's the first of March, and help me to produce the programme again this morning. Shane Ambrose good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thank you very much indeed. Today, of course, very special for all of us. The first the first Sunday as we journey through the season of Lent. As again said, my name is John Keely. Um. We want to especially welcome those listeners who are housebound, special listeners who are housebound, lonely, struggling in some way today, who join us each week in their pain and in their struggles. We thank you for listening to us and we hope that we're going to bring you some solace and some hope. This programme, as people would be aware at this stage, is broadcast on a programme called Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And is available for playback and download on Coming Inspirations at PushPet.com. You want to pass any message on to us at any time at all? Our contact details 0876088667. 087 6088667. That's 087 6088667, or you can email us and that's at SacredSpace 102 at gmail.com. Shane, before I forget, we 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 are introducing a series uh, this particular week of reflections. You might just let listeners know what we're going to do starting off today.
1: Yeah. So over the next five weeks, we are going to have a series on the Stations of the Cross to help people. I suppose um, take a pause, a, a pause a Coca Cola as they call it in some countries, on a Sunday morning. I suppose just for the six, the five weeks of five six weeks of Lent. Um, and give people an opportunity you know, to make that space, to enter into the desert uh, of this Lenten season.
0: Okay, Shane, thanks for that. So, um, just for the few minutes we got for this first part of the programme, Saints for the Week. I know it's the season of Lent, but no doubt you've got a few to bring to our attention.
1: <clears throat> so, as we said last week on the programme, John, the Saints are getting a lesser run out these days, of course, because we are in Lent, so Unless it's a solemnity, uh, it doesn't get a, 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 that much of an effort. But So this week, Monday, the 2nd of March, we have the Feast of St. Agnes of Prague. Born a princess, the youngest daughter of King Octor I and Queen Constance of Bohemia. Very much associated with the Franciscans. Uh, she built a Franciscan hospital. She was involved with the Poor Clares in Prague. Um, she was in communication. She wrote to St. Claire herself. And finally, she entered the Poor Clare convent in 1234 and eventually became its uh, abbess. And she died in 1989. I'm oh, sorry, she was canonized in 1989. I beg your pardon. Okay, yeah. she, died tw- she died in 1282. <laughs> pardon me. Okay, okay then okay. on the 3rd of March, we have the feast day of St. Saker, S A C E R, is how it's written. He is a descendant of Roderick, one of the kings of Ireland, founded the monastery of Sagard in Dublin and served as its first abbot. That's all we know about him. Died sometime in the 7th century. Tuesday, the that was Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday, the 4th of uh, March. It's a Polish feast and it's the feast day of St. Casimir, who died in 1484. Now, Casimir was a prince of Poland uh his father was also Casimir and his mother was Elizabeth of Austria he lived a very disciplined life as a young fellow and then uh dedicating dedicating himself quite young to a long life a lifelong celibacy great devotion to um Mary and uh he was eventually sent to Hungary didn't really work out as the king of Hungary and he basically returned home to uh, Poland and he was a conscientious objector. He died in uh, 1484 of TB and was canonized in 1602. So that's Casimir. So a happy feast day to are Polish neighbors around the place. Then on, Fra- on Thursday, the 5th of, of uh, March, we have the feast day of St. Kiern, one of the earliest Irish saints on the Irish calendar. Uh, one of the twelve apostles of Ireland was a native of Leinster and grew up in Kilnamanagh. Um, he crossed the mountains to Glendalough and set up it uh, settled in Dysert at the foot of the Upper Lake. But disciples began to gather around him, and gradually there was a monastic settlement there, which grew grew after his death in six eighteen. Uh, so that's Saint Kiern on the sixth of March. And then on the 7th of March, which is next, oh, sorry, the 6th so of March is the, fri- is the first Friday for those that are maintaining the devotion. So next Saturday, the 7th of March is the first Saturday, and it is the feast day of Saints Perpetua and Saint Felicity, one of the earliest martyrs of the church, martyrs in Carthage in 203 AD. Perpetua was a young upper-class married woman, Felicity was the, was a slave girl, and they became, if you like, sisters. Uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the dungeons, they, 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 and, and uh, before they were martyred in Carthage in 2003. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the Celestial Guides for this week. Uh, as, of course, it is the first week of the month, uh, just to remind people that the Pope's prayer intention for March is a prayer for evangelization, and in particular for the Catholics in China. And we pray that the church in China may persevere in its faithfulness to the gospel and grow in unity, which, of course, is a very serious prayer for the church in China at the moment, as it is undergoing quite a degree of um, oversight by the Communist Party there, despite the agreements that have been entered into uh, with the Vatican in the last number of years. Uh, So we pray for Christians that are persecuted in China, particularly for this month.
0: Shane, thank you so much for that. So, just a few notices. I just want to bring to some of our listeners' attentions. <clears throat> First of all, um, as I mentioned last week, in the parish of Mongret in Kakora Rahin, are holding in a one-hour program each Friday during March, uh, including adoration, uh, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. That's on the 6th of March, 13th, 20th, 27th of March. It starts at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m and it includes learning a new adoration song, hear a theme, reflection on adoration, and spend some time in silent adoration. Rahin, Church, 8pm nine p- to 9pm, St. Nesson's Church, Rahim. Next one I've got is from our good friends in Glenstall. They're holding another exploring of the sacraments in Scripture at History and Liturgy. Uh, that takes place actually this Saturday, 9am to 5pm, in the uh, to go to the monastery restri- re- reception there at 9am. It includes a parable of the lost sons and, re- uh, and Rem- Rembrandt, contemporary approaches to the sacrament of reconciliation, musical imp- imp- improvisation on the Kyrie Leysen, pardon and peace conf- confession in medieval Ireland, and pilgrims in penitence by Bernadette Cunningham. And as well as that, each Sunday during Lent, at uh, 4 o'clock, or 4.30 actually, in the library, again in Glenstall, there are a series of talks beginning this week, today actually, thirty, Our good friend, Father Luke McNamara, is giving a, a reflection on Do Not Lead Us Into Temptation. That's followed, if people so wish, by tea and coffee, and then afterwards they can join the community for Vespers at 6pm. So now just before we go for our first bit of music, there's a of communion prayer that we always pray each week for those who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning. My Jesus, I, re- I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as are already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now at this point, we might go for our first bit of music. This one by my friend Melinda Dmitrytskrew, and this one is entitled Amazing Grace. So join us again in part two, where we're our invited guest will share with us reflections on the stations of the cross, Saturn 1, 2, and 3 this week. So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. I'm still joined on the other end of the skyline by Shane Ambrose. And as promised um, last week uh, during the season of Lent, we, we, we're we going to bring a series of reflections uh, shared with us by a number of invited guests to the studio. And Shane, um, you, you've got our first guest lined up today on the other end of the telephone.
1: Yes, so uh, thanks, John. So today we're joined by uh, Rose O'Connor from the Limerick uh, Diocesan Center in um, St Munchin's College <clears throat> and Rose is very has very graciously agreed to help us with this short series that we are going to undertake over the next 5 weeks of Lent. You know, Lent is upon us. It's the season of prayer, fasting and almsgiving. giving. And On the program over the years, we've referred to it as the joyous season of Lent because it gives us that opportunity to prepare to celebrate Easter. And at the end of the day, the celebration of Easter is what defines us as Christians and the big events that lead up to it. And as we think about our preparation for Lent, I suppose sometimes we shouldn't really start maybe with what we're giving up. Because the risk is that puts the emphasis on us, rather than kind of thinking about: Do should we start with the desert? Because that's what uh, lint is about. And the silence, the starkness of the desert, is what calls us out for each lint. And as the marginality, the you know the place where Christ struggled with the demons, and where we must learn to alter our focus. Um, and of course, one of the things during Lent is that people are encouraged to walk at the journey that Jesus undertook to Jerusalem, to the events in Jerusalem, on what is now, you know, what is now known as the Via della Rosa, the Way of the Cross. So over the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we have invited, as John said, we have people invited and they're going to share with us um, their reflections on three of the stops on the Via Della Rosa. There's three of the stations on the Via Della Rosa. And so as we enter into this Linton season, I suppose it's an opportunity for us to pause, to take a moment aside on a Sunday morning, particularly for those that are not able maybe to make it to mass or make it to church or to join in a community celebration. And so over the next five weeks, we invite you to be with us as we keep these stops, as we pause and we remember and we reflect on these stashios, these stations on the Via de la Rosa, and so as we begin, I suppose, what we do is we pause and we gather in together, and we say to you, "You know, pause for the minutes, you know, turn off, put down the newspaper maybe for 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 ten minutes, kind of just just sit back, and we will journey together, and we'll start just by taking a deep breath and listening to a small piece of music just to settle us in to what would be uh these series of reflections with rose um and, uh, and we as we begin our journey Staying.
2: When we pray the Stations of the Cross, we recall Jesus' suffering and journey towards the Cross on Good Friday. We join him en route, bringing to mind all the people of the world who find themselves grieving, injured, hungry, mistreated and neglected. As we journey with Jesus, we journey also with our sisters and brothers who find themselves condemned falling time and time again, being stripped or nailed to the cross in our world today. The first station, Jesus is condemned to die. Jesus is condemned to die. As we pause here at the first station, we take a moment just to be present to Jesus. He had been captured and held prisoner, but now he hears his fate; he is to die. We imagine ourselves drawing close to him as he hears this news. And Jesus said to the woman, has no one condemned you? Neither do I condemn you. We pause and think of those who are condemned. We pray for people who are condemned to lives of poverty to others' greed. We pray for those who have been sentenced to death. We pray for all whom we condemn by our judgmental attitudes. Jesus stands in the most human of places. He has already experienced profound solidarity with so many on this earth by being beaten and tortured. Now he is wrongfully condemned to punishment by death. His commitment to entering our lives completely begins its final steps. He has said yes to God and placed his life in God's hands. We follow him in this final surrender and contemplate with reverence each place along the way as he is broken and given for us. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. As I view the scene, I become moved, both by outrage and gratitude. I look at Jesus, (coughs) his face, the crown of thorns, the blood, his clothes stuck to the wounds on his back. Pilate washes his hands of the whole affair. Jesus' hands are tied behind his back. This is for me, that I might be free, that I might have eternal life. As the journey begins, I ask to be with Jesus, to follow his journey. I express my love and thanks. (laughs) Second station, Jesus takes up his cross. Jesus is handed his cross, a heavy, clumsy cross on which he will be hung and crucified. We feel the weight of what he is given to carry, and we remember his courage, standing up for the poor and the outcasts, the prostitutes and the tax collectors. Jesus said, Come. Follow me. As we make this journey of the cross with Jesus, I invite you to think of your own heavy burdens, the relationships and other situations that are weighing on you. We remember all who are carrying crosses. We pray for the situations in our own lives that weigh heavily upon us and that we fear will crush us. We pray for all people who are experiencing the cross in their lives. Jesus is made to carry the cross on which he will die. It represents the weight of all our crosses. What he must have felt as he first took it upon his shoulders. With each step, he enters more deeply into our human experience. He walks in the path of human misery and suffering and experiences its crushing weight. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. I contemplate the wood of that cross. I imagine how heavy it is. I reflect upon it, all it means that Jesus is carrying it. I look into his eyes. It's all there. This is for me. So I place myself with him in this journey, in its anguish, in his freedom and surrender, in the love that must fill his heart. With sorrow and gratitude, I continue the journey. Moved by the power of his love, I am drawn to him and express my love in the words that come to me. The third station, Jesus falls for the first time. Jesus falls for the first time. He is burdened by his heavy cross and he falls under the weight of it. Jesus falls to the ground. Jesus said, what is your name? Who are the people who have fallen under their burdens today? Who do we see on the ground, under our feet? We pause and remember those who have fallen down. We pray for the homeless. We pray for those struggling with depression or addiction. We pray for refugees throughout the world who have fled their homes in fear. The weight is unbearable. Jesus falls under it. How could he enter our lives completely without surrendering to the crushing weight of the life of so many on this earth? He lies on the ground and knows the experience of weakness beneath unfair burdens. He feels the powerlessness of wondering if he will ever be able to continue he is pulled up and made to continue. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. I stare at the weakness in his eyes. I can look at his whole body and see the exhaustion. As I behold him there on the ground, being roughly pulled up, I know forever. How profoundly he understands my weaknesses my fatigue and my defeats this is for me in grief and gratitude I wanted to let him remain there as I watch him stand again and gain an inner strength I accept his love and express my thanks
0: So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined on the other end of the skyline by Shane Ambrose. And I guess a, a, big, a big thank you to, to Rose O'Connor from the Pastoral Centre in Limerick, who shared those beautiful thoughts with us to start us off on a series of reflection on the stations of the cross. So thanks Rose for doing Stations 1, 2 and 3 with us this morning. Now, this is the most important part of our program, is when we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. And before that, there's a prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And Shane will pray that prayer for us now. Thanks, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let our eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: So the Gospel for today, the first Sunday in Lent, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, after which he was very hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to turn into loaves. But he replied, Scripture says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil then come and took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for Scripture says, He will put you in his angel's charge. And they will support you on their hands, in case you hurt your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Scripture also says, You must not put the Lord your God to the test. Next taking him to a high mountain, the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and their splendor. I will give you all of these, he said, if you fall at my feet and worship me. Then Jesus replied, Be off, Satan! For Scripture says, "You must worship the Lord your God and serve Him alone." Then the devil then the devil left him, and the angels appeared and looked after him. That's the gospel for the we for this uh, Sunday, this first Sunday in Lent. Rose, have you got a few thoughts you might want to share with us, please, on that gospel?
2: Certainly, John. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's two things I suppose really that strike me very strongly in in this um, gospel, and the first is that. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And I suppose in scriptures, the wilderness represents a place of preparation, a place of waiting, and a place of kind of getting a sense of like, what is God asking of me or what does God want me to to do? And I suppose for us, I think Lent is a great time to think about something like this because we too are called to and need to create our own places of preparation, you know, places where we can be in silence and hear and listen for God's voice. So I think it's um, something that maybe we could consider for ourselves in Lent a nice practice to to consider is to where do we create these spaces and taking the time out for that. And, you know, I think it's so important to create quiet times in our lives to hear what does God have to say to us. And I suppose we're all prone to distractions and there's so many interruptions for us. You know, we're all busy with our work lives and our home lives and what's going on in the world and social media. So there's a, there's a lot going on, and so, sometimes we can be too busy to hear the voice of God and all of that. But yes, God is always there for us and patiently waiting for us to to seek His presence in our lives. You know, there's um, the poor clairs. I, I like this image; they describe silence like a blanket, you know, that you can wrap around yourself and something that allows us to sink deeper into the reality of our lives and our being. And then that gives us the capacity to be able to listen, you know, to our own inner selves and to others, and particularly to God. Um, so I think it's something that, you know, I think would be a nice thing to take on for Lent, you know, at any time. But particularly in Lent, I think, because it's such a, a journey, is to, to try and create these um, quiet, silent spaces in our lives. And um, Mother Teresa has a, a lovely expression that she says, in the silence of the heart, God speaks. So that's something, some message that I would certainly take from this gospel. And this was the second point, then, that, that really strikes me, is that, you know, there's a real um, sense of trust in that gospel reading and you know I suppose our call to place our trust in god and you know in in the gospel that, you know you read that um jesus has been you know the temptations the number of temptations the devil put before him but his trust in god was unwavering he, he always stayed true to god, god and you know he had absolute trust in him and i suppose for us the, the kind of message of hope is that you know we've been told that god will be with us always even to the end of time and that no matter what kind of forsaken place, what wilderness we are in, he'll always be there, even at the most difficult times of our lives. So I think to take hope in that, having that sense of trust that God is always with us and he, he never actually leaves us. You know, Pope Francis has a, a kind of a nice expression, is that we don't need to worry about trying to find God because he has already found us. So those are the, the two points that I, I, would, I took from that uh, gospel in particular.
0: Rose, thank you so much for that. Very, very, very hopeful, very inspirational. Thank you. Shane, have you got any well, thought or two yourself?
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, the, I, I liked Rose's um, expression there, uh, at the call into the wilderness. And for me, I think that was, that was the thing that struck me, um, just looking at this gospel again. I suppose <clears throat> What are the problems or the challenges that you have when you pick up this particular piece of scripture is the fact that it's so familiar to us Um, because it's, it's the gospel of the first Sunday of Lent every year, this, the, well, not necessarily for Matthew, but the account of the temptations and familiarity, I suppose, can breed, breed a degree of contempt in some respects, or, you know, complacency, I suppose, is more the word I'm looking for. And as Rose says, the relationship and the understanding of the wilderness and the desert, I suppose, is something that perhaps we need to look at in a world, particularly in a country which is becoming a bit more degree of urbanized, um, you know, a lot of, you know, and in and, 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 and a world which is almost losing touch with uh, nature until nature Like recently, we had Storm Kira and Storm Dennis and Storm Ellen very very much comes back and says, you can't ignore us from time to time. But it's that whole thing of seeking out, as Rose said, seeking out the places where we can encounter the divine, um, I think is something which maybe we should reflect on um, this Sunday. Because Jesus was driven by the Spirit after out into the desert. And one of the things that struck me when reflecting on this gospel was the humanity of it more than anything else. Um, I suppose sometimes the technical term that's used is we have a very high Christology in the sense that we ha- very much see Jesus as God. He's up on a cloud, you know? He's He's something that maybe is unattainable or is out of reach for us from time to time. But we also have to remember that one of the things we profess and we believe as Christians is that Jesus was human. He was like us in all ways except in sin. That's what Paul tells us. And for me, this Sunday gospel is very much a gospel of Christ's humanity. It's very much a gospel where we, he, he walks with us. Where we can see what it is that he went through, because that is what we go through as we go through our lives, you know we hit moments and we find places sometimes where we are adrift and where we are alone, and where we are thrown back on our own resources and have to rely that they are not that they're not enough, and as Rose says, we have to fall back. On trusting in God. If you were to look at it, I suppose, you know, Lent is, is, is that opportunity for us to go back out and find the wilderness that we can encounter God and rediscover our trust in God. You know, one of the expressions we have on the program is um, we are encouraged always to turn back to God because God is waiting for us. It's not that God has turned his back on us, as as Rose said from Pope Francis. It's not that he has gone away from us. We have gone away from him. Or it's not so much that we have gone away from him, but we have closed down ourselves to the embrace of the loving Father. And I suppose for us in Lent, you know, we should start off, I suppose praying that our eyes are opened to see what Lent is calling us to do, rather than us deciding what to do in Lent. And when we look at the temptations that Jesus suffered, or not suffered, he went through, what suffered, yeah, that could be the word that could be used, you could sum them up in kind of as power, pride, and glory. If you think about that, how much more human could you get? You know, the first temptation is if you are the Son of God, which he has just come from the baptism in the Jordan, he's just been acknowledged by his Father in heaven, this is my Son, the Beloved, with him I am well pleased. And the first temptation that's thrown at him is turn these loaves, these stones, into loaves of bread. And it's something I suppose that. Power and power corrupts is something that is very human to deal with. Like this week, uh, many people will have been dealing with the news from the, the large community, and we've, had, we, we've done programmes on the L'Arche community, and the news about the um, behaviour of Jean Vanier and the fact that a man that was held up almost as a secular saint had very st- strong feet of clay given the abuse that he inflicted on six women. And very much focusing on an abuse of power. You know, let's let's let's, you know, bring it home to ourselves in a Christian Catholic community. A person you know, we have examples of that wherever we turn. And it's something, you know, that reminds us as human beings, this is what we this is something that can affect us all. It's not just out there. It's something that affects us all. When you look at the whole thing of pride, you know, it was an interesting one. The the devil quoted scripture in terms of tempting Christ and said, you know, throw yourself down because God will look after you. And it's something we have to be careful of as well, that we know where we are and who we are in our relationship with God. And where the appeal always is, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy on me. And then finally, we have the third temptation, which is that of glory, where Jesus shows him the kingdoms of the world, or sorry, the devil showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world, and says, I will give you all of this if you fall down and worship me. If you think about that for a second, isn't that kind of strange? God created the world, not the devil. And here is the devil offering God back to God the the world if he will fall down and worship him. And I suppose in our modern world, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we sometimes distracted by the baubles of life, by the the toys that are presented to us as being necessities uh, for our existence today? And as Rose says, maybe Lent is an opportunity for us to re-encounter um, those moments in the wilderness. And when you're in the wilderness, there's nothing there. It's you and the silence. And it's the bare necessities, if you like. If you pare yourself back and if you only look at what is necessary for you and your relationship with God. Because out of that, of course... When we pare back to the bare necessities, when we look at what it is that we should have with our relationship with God, from that will come a movement, of course, to community and communion. We've said this, I don't know how many times, we, it's like a mantra almost on this program, John. To be Christian is to be in community and in communion. You cannot uh, to be a Christian and to be alone is a contradiction in terms. We are all members of the body of Christ. We are all members of His community, warts and all. And as we start out on this Lenten journey, you know, as we once again this Sunday hear the account of that journey through the wilderness, once more going out like the people of Israel were called. Led by Moses into the wilderness, like Elijah was led into the wilderness. You know, Jesus is led into the wilderness to hear and to reflect and to pause. And sometimes, you know, we need that time out. We, we, we crave that time out. We must take that time out. So, as we start out uh, very much on this Linton journey, I suppose we should ask ourselves can we? make that space some little space not asking everyone to go off and join a monastery we're not asking people to book flights to the Sahara we're saying to people in your in the space that is where you are in your life where can you carve out that time in the next five to six weeks as we begin to follow the Lord to Jerusalem onward to Calvary and finally to
0: that empty tomb. Shane, thank you so much for that, and again, thank you, thank you, Rose. Just before that, for those lovely thoughts um, to take away with us. Just one thought I'd like to share with myself. Maybe one or two. Um, again, that 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 line grabbed me this morning. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we find ourselves in a wilderness from time to times in our lives when we're tempted by the devil. Just as when Jesus was tempted after 40 days of fasting, we too are tempted when we could be vulnerable. At times in our lives, we live in a spiritual wilderness, when God is not present in our lives, when we can live our lives as though we don't need God's guidance or values. It's at these times when the devil finds it easy to tempt us. He doesn't have too much work to do, really, at all, because we're focused into ourselves and what we want and our comforts and our pleasure, and so on and so forth. God does not come into the equation at all, or do the needs of others come into our lives either. Today we'll learn how Jesus deals with those temptations, from what I see anyway. He quotes Scripture, the Word of God. This lens, we too can maybe take the advice of Jesus, and maybe we can read and reflect on the Word of God from time to time i have to mention here to listeners and take a space and come and see inspirations. Maybe inviting people to join us each Monday night in Newcastle West in the Pastoral Centre for a Lecture Divina 8.15 to 9.15 when Father Frank Duick leads us through reflecting on the Sunday Gospel the way it affects our daily lives, the way that the Spirit is speaking to ourselves. Or maybe spend 15 minutes each day during night maybe reading and reflecting on the Sunday Gospel. Maybe take home the misslet from Sunday Mass whatever we do we need to stay in touch with God so as we begin this Lent let's put God more into our lives Jesus loves us that much that he gave his life for us and we saw a bit of that today in the first three stations of the cross, and we'll see it as we go through Lent he wants to be a part of our lives so let's give him a chance the last thought no matter what we start off with at the beginning of Lent don't give up if we fall we're all going to fall. The devil would love that if we give up. But like the rest of us, get up and start again. That's my few thoughts and Shane's few thoughts and Rose's few thoughts. We hope that you'll be able to take some of them with you as you as you journey through the week. As we said early on in the program, um, this program, of course, is available as a podcast. And come and see inspirations on our podcast. Uh, and all you got to do really is Google come and see inspirations, and you'll grab us there you can join us again to listen back to those stations to the cross and also to some of the reflections there that myself, Shane and Rose shared with you all. So that about brings us to the end of the programme. Again, thanks so much, Rose, for joining us on the programme this morning.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you, John, for inviting me.
0: And Shane, at this stage, we'll have to go out with our final piece of music and this one by John Michael Talbot. It's I I banded myself to your will. So next week from Shane, um, Rose and myself, God bless you all now. Bye.
3: Bye. Prepared for anything at all. I am. commit my